Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Coming up on this edition of the TV Black Box, Daryl Summers and his plans to bring back Hey Hey at Saturday. Exclusive information on the secret talks Channel 7 held with former Big Brother winner Reggie before they dumped her. And the next big battle has begun as The Voice goes up against The Block and Survivor. We'll analyse the latest ratings. Welcome to the podcast where people in the TV industry get their news. This is TV Black Box. This is TV Black Box, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. And it's a big hello as we come to you a day earlier this week because we've got Mulk. Hello, Mulk. Oh, hello. I'm first. Wow, number one on the call sheet. Suck that, Monahan. <laughs> <laughs> we've got Aaron. Hello, Aaron. Hello, gorgeous people. And can I say, Rob, I think I will definitely win Binge Box Show of the Week. The show will divide the panel. The absolute best, worst piece of reality television I've seen in a long time. Well, there's a bit of sizzle. And the aforementioned Sarah Monaghan. Hello, Sarah. I think he just left the the best for last. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, It's good to have you here on what is already turning out to be a big news week. And an interesting fact is that we will do our usual ratings wrap. But we have timed it so that when we get to the point where we want to look at Sunday night's ratings, this is Monday morning we are recording this, we will see the ratings for Sunday night live as we're recording and we will bring you our first reactions to The Voice versus The Block versus Survivor. This is the the next big battle when it comes to -to free-to-air television, so we can't wait to find out what happened. In the meantime, let's get into the news. And despite Daryl Summers declaring that Hey Hey It's Saturday wouldn't work in today's climate, it seems a celebration special may be in order for its 50th anniversary. Summers posted on Facebook asking followers to suggest segment ideas. However, sources have told the Herald Sun that although it was originally aired on Channel 9, the special may actually air on their rival, Channel 7. Mark, you have been going off about this on social media. This is such a bad idea if it goes to seven. Honestly, hey, hey, synonymous with the nine brand. And I can get, I totally understand their hesitancy to want to have, uh, you know, hey, hey, come back again, even for a 50th. Look, I, I appreciate that it held quite the place in the Australian TV landscape for uh, decades, for quite some time. And so to celebrate the 50th makes sense. However, I think the only way that that kind of nostalgia works is to do, uh, here's the great moments that we had, here's a pre-recorded show, basically a clip fest, maybe a conversation with John Blackman, whatever, blah, 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 job done. Um, I think letting Daryl and anyone that's left loose on a live recording situation is a bad idea. 
Well, they weren't outrageous. Uh, the simple fact is there was a moment during the rebooted version that... It's more than one. It was just that everyone blew up over the blackface issue. Hey, hey rolled out exactly the same thing it always did, which you would expect it to. Um, and the problem was that a whole bunch of the jokes and the moments and the things just didn't land because it was of a former era that doesn't exist mm. anymore. Look, I, I tend to agree with that. But what I would say is that I think the blackface moment was a moment where Australia almost screw up because it's easy to look in 2021 and look back at blackface and all that kind of stuff, but it wasn't an Australian issue. It was an American issue. And when the blackface happened, there was no one outside of Harry Connick Jr. watching that going, they're doing blackface because the perception from the audience was oh, they I were... I disagree re- profoundly. Okay, well, that's fair. But, okay, I'll say the majority. We're watching that, understanding it was a throwback to a previous Red Faces thing. Now, having said that, we learned from Harry Connick Jr. about the impacts of blackface and what it truly meant. And I do think it's easy in the age of Twitterati to say, well, how could people not know that blackface was bad? The thing is, we don't have the history in this country of blackface that America has, and, and we didn't have an understanding of it. Now, the simple no, fact racism is, is much more overt. Yeah, well, maybe. But the point is that I think the biggest problem with the Hey Hey reboots is that when they did the first special, it was great because we were going down a path of nostalgia. But when it became a series, they didn't evolve the format. And that is the biggest problem that the makers did. They did not evolve. Well, the show ran for a massive 28 years. And and at the time, it was an Australian institution and appointment television on Saturday nights. I I think like him or loathe him, Daryl played a massive part in live television in this country. Mm. And whilst I can't say I would be all for a revival, which this is not, I'm absolutely up for celebrating this show for its 50th anniversary. Um, the show's not a stain on the television landscape. Watching, in retrospect, some certain gobbled-together clips, there is a bit of awkward silence with some of the things um, Australian culture, I guess, accepted at the time. But this was two-plus hours of television, of live television a week. Um, so certain clips aside, it was fun and a happy time for most Australians. I think it's probably going to be a, a clip-type show because they're already getting the clips together. So I'm, I'm all for looking back at Jackie McDonald and all that sort of time and celebrating um, something that ran for almost 30 years, um, for sure. But, Rob, there is speculation about this special. Is mm-hmm. it a stage event? Is it a television special? It looks like Nine has said no. So would it air on Seven, given Daryl's connection to the network with Dancing with the Stars? Rob, would you like the exclusive confirmation of where it's going for the TV Black Box listeners? No, we'll move on. Of course I do. (laughs) (laughs) I kept this this one quiet so I didn't even tell the group before the podcast. I can confirm exclusively that the special will indeed air on Channel 7. Oh, now this is interesting. Interesting that Nine said no. Seven have seen the value in it. Um, Sarah, what do you think? You saw Hey Hey growing up? I can't believe it's 50. I can't believe it's older than I am. Um, mm. but, uh, oh, it's weird. Um, but I guess they're just looking at all the other shows like Friends that are doing the nostalgic mm. get-togethers and they're like, oh, we can also make a bunch of millions of dollars. And I'm like, mm, good luck. They'll um, literally make hundreds of dollars. Maybe. <laughs> It'll probably cost them more to make it than what they'll get. Um, but the, I mean, 
every country, if they go back and, I mean, you look at some of the old American stuff, even even the not white produced stuff. You look back at some of the, the, the black shows from the 70s and you're like, oh my God, you could not say that shit today. Um, so I, I don't think that there's going to be the problem with the cringe factor or maybe we get to look back and be like, wow, we've come a long way since then. Um, but I, I mean, everybody loved Hey Hey. I mean, everyone who's old like us loved Hey Hey. Um, I'm sure the young people will be like, what the fuck is this? Oh, it's not a young um, person show for sure. It's a nostalgia <laughs> thing for all of us that would have Hey Hey on in the corner. Uh, all of us who still actually places. watch commercial TV. Because all the young kids aren't going to watch it anyway because they're watching YouTube or TikTok. Mm. Well, after rumours, controversy and deportations, the cast of Big Brother VIP has finally officially been announced. They are actor Bernard Curry, Caitlyn Jenner, last season's Denny Hayes, former AFL captain Dane Beans, actress and model Ellie Gonsalves, reality TV star Jessica Power and Luke Tocchi, model and content creator Josh Carroll, NRL player Matt Cooper, political aid and author Omarosa and Meghan Markle's brother Thomas Markle Jr. Sarah, a lot of people were disappointed with this list what do you make of it well i can see why they called it vip and not celebrity <laughs> <laughs> i mean is there anyone in there that you would classify as a celebrity no um about so two of them nobody gives a fuck about megan markle's brother the only mm. reason he's famous is because he's dad had sex with someone that produced a child that was related to him um, and then, uh, Amorosa, maybe, I mean, she did like Celebrity Apprentice with Trump and then she was in the White House for a minute until they no longer were friends. Um, Caitlyn Jenner is currently running for governor. Not maybe. very well. She's Not very behind. well. But I mean, maybe the 1.2 million she's getting paid will help pay for that campaign. Maybe um, you need to and- be in the state you're running for governor as. Not well, she's right. back now. At the Daily Mail had photos of her back as we go to air this mo- as we record this morning. World's quickest recording. Then she was literally in the house for a week. Yeah, uh, which there were rumours she was only going to be in the house for a week. But anyway, she got one point two to be there for a week. Well, I don't Yoink. know the prize, but I've got to say I was not taken with the cast. I saw the promo last night, and it did start to change my mind. So the oh, promo. Wow. Did have Someone a good turn effect off Rob's television, quick. <laughs> but the thing is, the one thing I would give the producers of this show is that they know how to create drama. So I'm really on the fence now. I went from being very anti this lineup to being on the fence and thinking, I've got to have a look at it because they do know how to produce great drama. It's not the cast you would expect, but maybe, just maybe, it will work. But Aaron, someone I would have liked to have really seen on this season is Reggie Bird from the third season of Big Brother. And guess what you were watching? On the final episode of the Ange Robin Robbo show, she actually revealed that Channel 7 had been talking to her. Let's have a listen. You know, everything happens for a reason. I wasn't on it this year. I was overlooked. They contacted me and didn't want me. But maybe next next one that's coming up, you know, I'll get on there. So was there a point where you could have been in the show? Were they talking to you about being in the show? Yeah. Yes. But they ultimately said, no, we're not going to go down that path? Yes. Did they tell you why? Yes. <laughs> well, are you going to tell us? 
Uh, they had um, better talent. I don't think that the three Trump supporters are better talent. They're just more oh. controversial. You know, even if Seven wow. think Reggie doesn't work with what they're trying to do in the show anymore, she'd certainly get a fan base watching. I don't understand the hesitancy from Endemol Shine and Seven to include her. It's because she wasn't part of their big brother. That's all it is. They, they have been notorious in basically ignoring Big Brother's history. They mm. haven't wanted to draw in anybody from the past seasons or talk about that it existed before it was on Seven, and I can understand that. So not including Reggie, in part, fits the MO, right? Big Brother didn't exist before it was on Seven, so why should we remind anybody that it... Like, even for the fact that they've called Luke Tocky, right, probably the, the biggest thing to come out of Australian Survivor, a reality TV fan favourite. They can't say that he was on Survivor because it's A, currently on a competitor's network airing currently, and B, it's a competitor's show. Yeah. I'm hoping there's going to be a better form for uh, Reggie, though. If they do do an All-Stars or something, she probably, I think she even mentioned in an article that she would be better suited to uh, like an All-Stars series than with this particular cast. But with this particular cast, because I'm going to sort of disagree, I think there are two negatives for me with this, but, but an extreme but. Um, I've been around for a long time, 20 plus years, so you would think I would know a few more celebs than the average punter on TV. Um, it does concern me that I've never heard of at least five of the cast um, mm. at all. I think that's a bit of a worry. Um, and is it the cast I would have assembled as a media commentator or as a viewer? Absolutely not. But here's my but. There were serious concerns from the public that Seven had basically jumped the shark in the new commissioning of Big Brother. It's pre-recorded, the live element's not there, no weekly voting by the public changes the whole dynamic of the show, no Gretel, the show's dead. Well, Seven proved with the ingredients that they had that it actually did become a hit and it did do all right. So I am prepared to give them the benefit of the doubt. Even though I would not have chosen that particular cast, the most important question has to be, has the cast announcement wrote me into watching the show? And the answer is absolutely 100%. I want to see Caitlyn Jenner, the absolute buffoon Markle, and I agree, what an idiot, um, Danny from Big Brother, Kyle Sanderlands' ex-girlfriend and Trump's White House advisor having a Barney mm. or a debate in the Big Brother hotel or house or whatever it is. I'm so in for that. Think that they've gone the British route when they do the the celebrity one, where they every second celebrity they did UK versus US, and they would literally bring in like all of the well, they had like Perez Hilton one season, mm. and God, I would have killed myself if I was in the house with him. And then they had one where they had Jenna Jameson and the other teen chick, the the teen mom who did porn. Like, they put them in the house together, so they ganged up against all the British people. And that's kind of what it feels like they're doing. Like, they're trying to do foreigners versus Australians. Because the foreigners they picked were the most obnoxious out there. Like, you know, if Katie had still been there. Like this cast. So, um, like, if Katie Hopkins had still been in there. So, you'd have Katie Amorosa, um, Caitlyn Jenner, who are all massive Republican-type people. Um, and God knows what Markle is. Um, but then, well, who knows? But then, yeah, and then you've got all the Australians who are probably more, you know, hippie. And so they, they're not <laughs> going to... Left. <laughs> they're not going to jive. Like, there's just going to be constant fights about pol- politics and stuff guys. like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, well, a, it's look- an interesting one. Um, 
Look, I'll certainly take a look. And I, I do have faith that Endemol Shine and Amelia Frisk knows what they're doing. She's the EP. And I've been impressed with what she's done with Big Brother. This casting is an absolute <laughs> shit show. If some of them are owning in there for a week, remember that it's it's pre-recorded. So one week in the house might be two weeks worth of episodes. So it might not look like they're in there for one episode, I wouldn't imagine. Yeah, for sure. All right. A survey conducted about Australia's use of subscription video on-demand services found that 60% of people support quotas surrounding local content. Three in five Australians are concerned about children missing out on Australian history due to the oversaturization of American entertainment and also support these services being made to spend at least 20% of their revenue on Australian content. Now, Sarah, I think everyone agrees. Local content is the way to go. But would these people still answer that question the same way if the second part of that question was, and would you be willing to pay for a subscription service to get that content? Don't they already pay for a subscription service to get it? (laughs) Yes, absolutely, if they choose to. But they're saying they want local content, but would they pay, just say prices need to go up to support the investment in local content? gouging people enough money that you probably could just you know (laughs) make something um and the point about learning stuff it was interesting because we were watching um in the screening room the royal flying doctor service Mm. the new show um yes and they actually had a whole thing in the second episode that explained how it came about and like she does this thing where she's like you know i'll tell you for 20 bucks and then she does the story and it's the history of it yes yeah, and um, and I looked at Matt, who's an American, you know, and I'm like, and there you go. There's your explanation of how this great service came out. And I was like, that's fabulous. Like, they're actually, and they had things about, like, the Southern Cross. And not only was it beautiful landscape, they were actually explaining all these things that I probably would never have thought to explain to mm. my American husband. Who would and have so, thought they were preparing it to sell it overseas? Who would have thought? No, but it's actually very beautiful, and I think that it, there's i love shows that have tiny bits of educational content in them you know and so i thought that that was really nice the way that they incorporated it into there and i think that you know we could have more things because i'm sure there's a lot of people in australia who have no idea how the how it started and so you know to have more shows that are locally based that actually take a little bit i mean not for sci-fi and stuff like that obviously but if you can if you can put a little education into your entertainment i'm all for it so you know i don't need to learn always about you know other countries although that is also nice but it would be nice for people in australia to have australian stuff yeah look aaron i've got to say i was trying to play devil's advocate there but i think there is absolute benefit for the streamers to have local content quotas you know, they're, they're taking revenue away from free-to-air television, even if they're not taking advertisers away. Advertisers are going. They're taking audience for sure and making money off that. I do think they should be subject to content quotas. Yeah, I'm sitting on the fence on this one. I don't have a huge position on quotas. I just think it, it should be consistent. Um, it is difficult um, though on the streamers to come up with a figure. Free-to-wear has a 55% content must be Australian. Um, I'm not sure that's manageable with someone like Netflix who have an extensive who have extensive content and saying that 55% has to be Australian. Perhaps it's a percentage of revenue must be spent on Australian content. I just think it should be, as I said, consistent. 
without doing something to make some kind of level playing field, free to wear will die. That's just the that's just the reality. Mm. It's it's super important, Rob, that our young people particularly get to hear Australian voices in shows that they watch in particularly educational programming and all of those sorts of things. It's absolutely diabolical that the networks were allowed to get rid of the C classification. Um, That was such an important part of my childhood, growing up watching television. Um, The difficulty is that it is 2021, nearly 2022, and everything about the way we watch TV has changed. Everything. Um, Do we expect Amazon, Paramount+, Plus, Disney, Netflix, Stan, blah, 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 do we expect all of them to create Aussie content? Well, Stan's an Australian streamer and they're doing it, so well done. Netflix are doing a little bit. should they and they're have at least to meet... buying stuff that's How do we determine and... quotas? How do you determine quotas on something that is essentially a library service? Like, how do you tell Netflix, the biggest streamer, arguably the biggest streamer in the world, that X amount of their content has to be of a certain nationality? Like, no. Or what about a certain percent of the income they derive from this nation? So, for example, if they earn $1 million, that um, $300,000 of it needs to be rolled back into Australian productions. Yeah. Mate, it's, how mm. do you tell somebody that the money that they've already been paid, they need to do something else with it, right? They'll that's, do, that's like, Apple and Amazon and, and, you know, all of those companies that just We struggle to get to them to pay money. GST in the first place. Uh-huh. Well, I understand that, but I don't know. Maybe you say... Based on your subscribers, uh, percentage, I, I don't there know. There needs the, to be a lot of thought about around of how. Of course, there it does. Happens, but I've got to say, I'm in happen. favour of quotas. And the, the streamers come back and say, "Well, we're already doing this, and if you put quotas on us, we'll just do the bare minimum." What a crock of shit! You know. Now, like, do you have? Do you have? What about the difference between, like, you know, how they buy Netflix and show it overseas, even though they don't produce it, they're buying it and allowing other countries to see Australian content, versus actually paying and ponying up the money for no, the No, I think there's itself. a difference between a co-production, a production and a distribution deal. Yep. I don't think that flies. I don't think just distributing something is the same as investing to pay. But if but if an Australian show is only being made because they're making extra money from Netflix buying it and sending it over. But usually you're that's becomes a co-production if Netflix is making a guarantee for distribution rights or something like that. They'd usually be involved in a co-production level. I'm getting a little bit outside my remit now mm. that into an area I'm not fully versed on so I don't want to talk bullshit. But my take, and I wish we had Dan Bennett here actually at the moment to talk us through this, but my take would be if they were getting that involved, they would do it as a co-production. Um but I do think that distribution is different to co-financing something to be made. So uh, I am in support of quotas. I, I just am. Uh, I, I think the fact is that it's much easier to make reality TV, and, and I'm talking about drama specifically, um, you know, making a comedy special where you just film, you spend a night filming a comedian in a, in a, at a venue, More than I don't think it's sure. the same as making a drama. And now, but when you get quotas, are you forcing people to make something and they're not really putting their heart into it and so they just make some shit and they pour out well, anything? Well, you, you can argue that, but at the end of the day, surely they're going to kill two birds with one stone and, and commission something they believe in that will also drive the business further. If they're outlaying a couple of million dollars to make something or $10 million, whatever it might You'd be. you hope that it was good. 
Yeah. Um, you'd want it to be good because, one, you've got to show your American masters that the investment in local content is worth it. And I do believe that um, Q, uh, who runs Netflix, wants to show Americans that Australia is a good, sustainable business uh, and they're producing content. They just don't want the quotas because they don't want to be locked in. The fact is uh, I think there is a need for quotas. If you have the free-to-airs, fulfilling quotas, then the streamers should as well. Now, having said that, if you take the quotas away from free-to-air, then all bets are off and streamers shouldn't have to have quotas either. Making TV is an expensive business. Making good TV is a very expensive business. Okay, let's take a look at the ratings race for week 32. And Team Red was laughing all the way with a massive 53% network share in the five cap cities. In terms of commercial shares, that figure jumped to 62.7%. Team Blue pulled in 18.8% of the available audience, with Team Trump staying above the national broadcaster on 12.7%. But it was a new low for Australia's trouble third-ranked network because last week 10 had a commercial audience share of 8.9% across the five capital cities, 6pm to midnight. Now, commercial shares exclude ABC and SBS. That was its lowest weekly share since the Austam rating system started in 2001. Until last week, its lowest share was 9.8% in the weeks commencing 23 December 2018 and 25 July 2021. A little later, we will examine the Sunday night ratings battle with The Voice taking on the block and Survivor. But focusing on this week, Mulk, and 9 and 10 will be very happy the Olympics are over. 800% Rob uh, the the fact that 7 and 9 were able to maintain um, their audiences again at 7.30 for their, their reality shows uh, is a positive they just didn't compete with the Olympics the Olympics mm. still every night I think bar one and I think that was Thursday or Friday the, like the second or third last nights of the Olympics every night it pulled over a million viewers for, for 7 on their primary channel um, so it's been massive business for 7 and um, I mean Fecop to 9 and 10 for playing through. That's what they've done. Of course, now the Olympic bubble has burst uh, and the real competition starts not Sunday night, but actually Monday tonight, you know, where there's no Olympics, even though seven have wedged in a seven-year spotlight. Here's the best of the Olympics. Um, you know, there's no Olympics coverage to hold it together. So that, fair credit to Seven. They've put on an absolute monster of a show. I was disappointed that they delayed the closing ceremony into South Australia and Western Australia, but it turned out that the closing ceremony was shit anyway. <laughs> Aaron, thoughts about last week? Yeah, well, as, as expected, um, I've got some fast sort of facts for you, a couple of little ones, and then the year-to-date figures. But I will say just with uh, – we. I spoke before about this with Mog. I mean, I totally disagree about it not being live in Adelaide and Perth. I mean, what a disaster for Channel 7 to show The Voice and the Olympic Games simultaneously at the same time. That would completely ruin The Voice. Um, what a disaster not to show the second largest event of the television year live. Yeah, but you have to weigh up which, which, which one's actually better. It was live if you wanted to go on 7 Plus. Yeah, but not but everyone to, has to access to 7 Plus. That's been yeah. the whole point. To run it simultaneously, I can't. I can't to, to run it simultaneously against the voice would be an absolute nightmare. I wasn't even suggesting 7. they run it simultaneously. One well, or the if other. they run it live, 
if they run it live, it would be seven p.m., which would which would be the seven which would be seven p.m. on the main channel. Otherwise, you've got to put the voice on at nine p.m., which would also be a disaster. But anyway, I've got to say, um, Mug, I, if I was a programmer, I would have made the exact same decision. Oh, I understand made. the decision. I think it treats the audience with contempt. My job isn't to be a programmer's advocate. <laughs> fair, fair point, Mister Viewers Advocate. That's a tip of the hat. So with the uh, shares, the Seven Network gets biggest primetime commercial share for any network in total people and 25 to 54 since Oztown ratings started in 2001. The, the network, 62.7% commercial share, more than three times higher than its closest rival network. Um, Seven Mate, 13.3% commercial share, number three channel for the week behind Seven and Nine's primary channel. Mm. And Seven Mate, Seven Two Seven Flex, so taking out the Seven primary channel, 18.9% commercial share combined, higher than the third rated network as a whole. So there you go. And I believe. So sorry, Rob, you... in primary channels, it went the Reds, the Blues, the Seven Mate, and then Team yeah. Trump. Yeah. So 10 were fourth behind seven mate. Yes. There you go. I did say it was their lowest share. Yes. And yeah, there's some other figures for you, but you've given the uh, the channel Trump lows from last week. So the year to date now, so the network figures first, total people seven has 30.9% ahead of nine on 27.5, Trump on 17.4 and ABC 16.3. 25 to 54, 7 ahead, 30.7 to 9 on 29.3. 16 to 39, 7 easily in front, 32.3 to 9 on 28.2. And 18 to 49, 7 in front, 31.4 to 9 on 29.2. In the primary channels, uh, 7 is ahead now, 21.2 to 9 on 19.8. ABC on 11.6 and 10 Trump now on 10.6. Seven leads 25 to 54 now on 21.4 to nine on 21%. Seven now in front 16 to 39, 22.5 to nine on 21.1. And in 18 to 49, seven also in front now, 21.9 to nine on 21.3. And one more interesting little fact, if you look at the multi-channels, seven is of course in front on 9.6, despite having one less multi-channel than nine, but nine's multis combined for seven, Point seven, but the interesting part I think is tens multi channels combined is six point seven, which is only one point behind nine. Ten have one less multi channel than nine, and ten shake basically doesn't even rate. So to be to rate anything like one to only be one percent behind nine with four multi channels, um, you know that nine have either says tens being very successful in their multi channel strategy, or nine is at is uh in a worrying decline in that space. But 10 has been doing very well with 10 bold, hasn't it? Like yep. 10 bold's actually been a, a very good 10 shake, I think was a bit of a disaster and I don't know where it is now, but 10 bold has actually been kicking goals. 10 bold. Yeah, they are doing it. well. Yeah, they absolutely 10 bold and 10 peach. But when you're up against nine who have got nine go nine life, nine rush and nine gem, you would think that nine would still be considerably in front, even though that uh, ten bold is doing very well. But they're only one 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 point behind. It's the I NCIS just, I, I effect. I thought that was interesting. They're regularly running two and three repeat episodes of NCIS on ten bold, and other than the Olympics, prior to the Olympics, it was regularly winning uh, the multi-channel race every day. 
because of an NCIS and, and that's repeat. a very good point because we have to remember seven mate was obviously running olympic content which has boosted it yep. in the last week but i think i think that's really interesting for 10 so while the main channel is in a lot of pain their multi-channel 10 bold specifically is doing very well if that was your fast facts, Aaron, holy shit, I don't want to see your slow ones. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, I Rob, know. I, can't, I couldn't keep up with it all. <laughs> in, in, the, in the bad old days, and by bad old days, I mean probably four or five and nine years ago, um, there used to be a gentleman's agreement between the networks that the Olympics mm. weren't included in the annual ratings, right? But it was only that, a gentleman's agreement. Yep. There is no way in hell. No way in hell that Seven will be excluding them from their calculations this year. And I think it'll be really... Well, that's the catch. They paid a lot of money to get them. But if this is the thing. If there's a gentleman's agreement to not include them, then you don't include them. However, Seven will include them. And what I was about to say, it will be interesting to see if Nine and Seven, at the end of the year, proffer up their, here's what it looks like, excluding those two weeks of the Olympics. The gentlemen who made those agreements are all dead now too. Well, sure, Sarah, but the thing is that lest we forget 10 programmed hard up against the Olympics. And if those shows had triumphed, 10 wouldn't be excluding those figures, but because the Olympics have done really well, 10 and 9 will exclude them. So, I, uh, yeah, I, if I was 7, I'd be including them. It's the challenge, right? If they, if You're right. If they don't, inc- if 7 and 10, sorry, 9 and 10 don't include the two weeks of the Olympics, then no, that means for 9 they're cutting out two weeks of beauty and the geek which did all right um and, and seven really are cutting uh, no, 10 will be cutting out significant the first two weeks of the bachelor and mm. two solid weeks of survivor australia yeah i don't think they'll be sad to cut out the bachelor um <laughs> it has not done well no it has not media watch host paul barry is taking some time off after he was knocked over on his bike by a car News presenter Jeremy Fernandez will be hosting In His Place tonight at the time of recording with Media Watch saying on Twitter that Paul Barry will be off for around four weeks and they are looking for a longer-term feeling. Now, look, we wish Paul Barry all the best, of course, but it's been interesting, Aaron, to see Chris Kenny put his hand up saying oh. he'll do it for free. <laughs> God. Yeah, really interesting. And, yeah, I'll go with a mog. Oh, God. Interestingly, with Jeremy Fernandez, though, I, he, he's like a really nice guy. I, they generally just try to find, so is Paul Barry, but they generally try to find someone that's a little bit... I, no, I can't Paul Barry's got a bit of bite to him. Jeremy doesn't, and that's why yeah, I think Yeah, that's what saying. I mean, like a bite or a little bit controversial. A little yeah. bit. Jeremy Fernandez is so nice. I know. He, 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 and that's why they, they've had a really... It's all happened very late. They've made a quick call to put him in. I think that's fair enough. You can't blame them for that. Maybe the, he'll just in, be more passive-aggressive. <laughs> the wow. interesting thing will be next week who they get to put in the chair because you do need someone who can cop a lot of criticism, who mm. isn't afraid to take on the big boys and have that tone about them. Um, Chris Kenny is obviously a – would actually be a really interesting choice, but, of course, nope. there's the conflict that he works for News Corp and News Corp is at the end of a, a, a stick. The biggest thing the ABC need now is an independent player – who isn't seen as News Corp, isn't seen as the ABC, who can fill that void. And it's a very hard position to fill. It, it's, look, get well soon, Paul Barry. Please hurry up. 
Um, there is no truth to the rumour that Alan Jones was driving the car that backed into him. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say Rob McNone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, the photo that they tweeted of Paul in his hospital bed, he got real hurt. Like, yeah, he got real was, yeah. hurt. Yeah. Um, I thought it was weird. Well, and I his pelvis. That, yeah, like he was riding his bicycle and it sounds like the car just went, didn't even see him. Yeah. Um, the, I, I thought it was weird in the, the, the announcement that the ABC did make that, that Jeremy's going to fill in, great. Um, while they look for a long-term fill-in. They reckon Paul's back in four weeks. So by my math, three weeks is a long time now. A pelvis a pelvis is going to be months. But like sure, your, also, arm, your arm's fine, but a pelvis, you're going to be like in all kinds of – It's that's going to be at was least – Was the ABC that, reckon, that thought that Paul would be back in four weeks? They're full of shit. Yes, but three weeks of the main anchor – being away on a show like Media Watch is a big deal. So that, you know, I can forgive the long-term solution, meaning they have to think about whoever comes in in week two, they need to think could be there for six weeks, eight weeks. So it's a really big decision. And it's almost um, uh, you can't underestimate the pressure and the media scrutiny that will go on that position. Can they do a different person every week? <laughs> like yes, well, you know, like that's with like Alex Trebek, they just you know, like every time you've got a new guest person, and that way we that's, can you know nobody that's gets hammered. A bad solution. Does that mean the executive producer gets to go in the chair and they get the job full time? Oh, I said it. Um, <laughs> that's what's what's happening in Jeopardy in the US. The executive producer has made himself the host. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah. Why not? I didn't know that. <laughs> After <laughs> all of the years, try out these. I can't even remember the guy's name, but he's he's got some form. He has hosted some. Oh, for, not Paul Fagg. No, um, uh, forgetful reality television stuff before. Uh, I want to say it's Mike something, but I can't tell you. Um, so, Mike, the executive producer of Jeopardy is Mike Richards. I don't know him. He's uh, the the shows that he's hosted before have only been American reality stuff so sarah might know him whatever he is bland generic white guy um and it's interesting (laughs) that they've had this whole list including lavar burton and a whole bunch of people in the the guest hosting role in jeopardy uh and he's just swinging and going no i'll do it better that's something i'd do (laughs) mate this is an audio podcast people you did not see what the three faces did. You did not see what the three faces did when Rob said that. <laughs> this is why we need a video podcast. Uh, well, that's that's the next phase. Anyway, Mark, you were saying. Uh, I was just saying it's it's a complete load of horseshit that Chris Kenny suggested, even if, if he thinks it was a joke, that, that he could host for free Media Watch because he has been the biggest critic of the ABC for the longest time, banging on about stuff that is not even close to being a thing. Uh, it's it's just... Well, maybe you, know, you let him do a week on there and he'll stop bitching. He will not. That will be the problem. He will get... You, you won't be able to broadcast what he produces. That would be the problem. Well, since nobody listens to me, my suggestion would be Naomi Robson. Female in the chair. She's got a bit of bite to her. She's not going to affect her career like she's actually on another network and it's going to affect her. I reckon someone like Naomi Robson would be awesome. Yeah, I think my application got lost in the mail. Only if Naomi Robson has a lizard on her shoulder. Yes. Oh, 
there's so much I have to say about the lizard thing that <laughs> if anyone else had done it, they would have got away with it. But because it was Naomi Robson, the media just pounced. She wore car key and everyone went, how, how disrespectful. Then everyone wore car key to um, remember Steve Irwin. This woman was attacked just because she hosted Today Tonight and it was a media bubble, even though the audience loved her, and they pushed and bullied her out of a job. Anyway, that's a, that's a conversation for another time. Uh, but now it's time for Hatches and Dispatches with Sarah. So Rob wants me to say thanks, sexy, but I don't get paid <laughs> enough for that. So <laughs> you said that if I put any, you will read anything I put in the script. <laughs> well, I did say it. I just added some other stuff. There you go. <laughs> So comedy cartoon South Park has been renewed to a 30th season to 2027 in a deal between the creators and Viacom CBS's MTV Entertainment Studios. The deal is valued at $900 million and includes 14 movies for Paramount+. And that, <laughs> that is the big story in there. It's not that South Park got renewed. It is 14 mm. films from, from awesome. Trey and, and Matt. That's insane. 14 films. Melissa Doyle has jumped from seven to nine to host and narrate a new observation documentary series, Australia Behind Bars on Nine, which will take viewers behind the walls of three New South Wales prisons. If you're looking to get a foot in the door, the ABC's newest competition may be just for you. They're hosting Hosting Media Watch. They're holding a contest to find an official hashtag ABC iViewer slash social media content creator who will be paid on a three-month contract. Applicants must take something from ABC iView and create a video for Instagram, TikTok, or YouTube. And in sad news, Sydney 9 newsreader Brian Henderson has passed away one month before his 90th birthday after a battle with kidney cancer. Tributes poured in from the industry, including from Peter Overton, who referred to him as a true legend, friend and mentor. And that is this week's Hatches and Dispatches. Yeah, sad news about Hendo, another icon gone. And Mo, Hatches and Dispatches, too much interruptions, dear sir, too many interruptions. Important interruptions, that's what it was. (laughs) I enjoy the interruptions. There you go. Uh, Coming up, we are going to dissect Sunday night's ratings. The ratings are coming in as we record this episode of TV Black Box on a Monday morning. Those rating results and our TV selections are coming right up, right here on TV Black Box. All right, we have just hit week 33 in the ratings and Sunday nights have come in. It was a battle between The Voice... Australian Survivor, and The Block. So who came in triumphant? If you're in the industry, you've probably already read the results. We are hearing them for the first time. So 7 News was number one with 1.5 million people in the five-city metro. That is a phenomenal figure. The Voice launch had 1.329 million. The Tokyo Olympic Games closing ceremony had 1.3 or 1.291. Tokyo Olympic Games countdown to the closing ceremony was 1.245. 9 News Sunday got a touch over a million. The Olympic Games, day 16 in the afternoon, did 763. The Block launch did 747. 
Uh, let's jump down to Australian Survivor on 6.09. So what we are seeing essentially is The Voice on 1.329, The Block on 7.47 and Australian Survivor on 6.09. Uh, expected, Aaron, or not? Yeah, I think, I think so. Um, we talked about last week our predictions, but I did say let's have a look at the more longer term mm. effects. So while most of us pointed to the block winning, I think we were predicting that the voice would probably win on the first night with the Olympics night. Um, so we'll see how it pans out on Monday and Tuesday night, but um, a big 43.7% share for seven last night, 23.9% for nine. Um, so, and once again, as Mol says, the other shows seem to hold up, um, pretty nicely. Australian Survivor doing, doing fine. And the block, you know, 747 is probably what you'd expect anyway, uh, even without the voice Olympics night. Mulk, what are your first uh, takeaways from those figures? Oh, the Olympic bubble absolutely means that The Voice gets a, a kick in the butt, right? It does real good business off the fact that it's sandwiched around Olympic highlights and, and the Olympic closing ceremony. Um, full credit to Seven. I mean, that's why the news was so big as well, because they had the late afternoon stuff running mm. straight into the news. Um, AFL in some states, but, you know, that, that was a great pickup. Um, and a real, again, return on investment. The amount of money that they spent on the Olympics, this time just showed that it was absolutely worth it. Um, look, solid numbers for 10, getting over 600 for Survivor on Sunday night up against that. I think that's really good news I for them. I think that's a great result. Yeah, really good news. Diabolical for nine. 700 and whatever it was, 747 for the block launch. 100% games affected, I'm going to call that. Um, yeah, the real challenge is going to be tonight and tomorrow night. Like, the block is a marathon, right? It goes for about a thousand episodes. Um, so the challenge will be how that cycle settles in and what does the voice look like after this week? You know, is it going to be the same? Is it going to be better? Is it going to be worse? There's kind of no real direction on what that's going to give us at the moment, but there's no issue. The voice, the clear winner. Um, I will say uh, Olympic Games wind assisted. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Uh, one of my takeaways is the fact that uh, Weekend Breakfast outrated uh, Weekend Today. Weekend Sunrise did 377. Weekend Breakfast did 297. Um, I can only at this point, at this day time of the day, see the top 20. Today's Weekend Today didn't make the top 20. We can obviously assume people were looking for COVID updates and yep. getting information because that Weekend Breakfast is the 10 a.m., section so that would suggest to me that was right when Queensland was announcing where the lockdown was continuing we go straight into New South Wales at 11 o'clock usually and I well the coronavirus update was the biggest thing on the multi-channels yesterday yeah like seven um what do you call it um seven mate kicked in um at sixth and that was the early morning stuff that it ran on it, you know. So as the Olympic stuff tapered off that, it was absolutely all about the return to normalcy on the ABC, insiders, offsiders, and the coronavirus update. Well, that's the other thing too. That weekend breakfast figure I gave you was actually ABC News, not ABC. Yeah, so ABC that's 24. interesting. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I don't think nine would be too worried it was an olympics night the block yep. held up okay i feel oh mate 747 um, in any other night is great business right yeah. it's just yeah. the challenge of it's up against uh, you know it's opposite number that did nearly double it you know i think one of the um shocks for me 
was the ABC, oh, they did a 7.1 on their main channel, a 10.2 all up. 10 um, uh, had an overall share of 15.6. I think that's okay. Yeah. Nine had an overall share of 23.9. You know what? Yes, seven had 43.7, but you'd expect that on a night. We've got the final night of the Olympics. And that is why tonight's matchup of Mm. just the voice versus the block versus survivor is going to give us a real take on where, even though, again, the voice will be Olympics assisted, um, it'll give us a much closer take on where the audience is going to lie post-Olympics. Yep. Hey, look, uh, we are quickly running out of time. Let's get to our TV selections for the week as we open up the TV binge box. Sarah, what have you been watching? Ooh, well, I watched some crappy movies, but then I also watched um, Empire of the Sun (laughs) with a baby Christian Bale. Um, and I didn't oh, yeah. even realize he was Welsh. I thought he was American the whole time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was actually like, and it had, um, John Malkovich and all kinds of, oh, and, mm. um, Ben Stiller. And it was like, when he did the character in Tropic Thunder, where they made fun of like, he went full retard, never go full retard. It was like, were they throwing back to Empire of the Sun? Cause he looked full retard in this movie. But anyway, um, <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> it, was, it was it was actually a really good movie. Um, if you've never seen it, it's like a thousand years old. But who knew? Um, we're still torturing ourselves with Manifest um, mm. just because we hate ourselves or something. I'm going to um, have to send no, somebody in to save you. This is becoming like get you guys out of the cult scenario. Yeah, we did actually not watch any NCIS this week be proud of me um but because uh aaron had reminded me that i have the screening room and because my it's the only way i get to watch australian tv because they know how to geo block vpns um so we watched uh Mm. royal flying doctors the rfds um we watched the first two episodes and those were actually really good um i was surprised at how good they were maybe it's just also because i'm homesick and it's you know it's a whole bunch of australia and like they had all these little anecdotes in there but it was actually really good quality and i noted you know how australian tv shows are always very quiet like they don't do a lot of uh score in the background I actually noted in this one that there was very faintly music. And I was like, oh my God, it's like they've gone full American with actually having noise. Um, And so, well, and that's the thing. It was very subtle, but it's something that I always noticed between Australian and American thing. And it was just, I just, I happened to pick up on that. Um, We watched the second episode of Nurses, um, which is good background TV. If you're doing something else like cooking dinner, I mean, it's fascinating, but like you can, (laughs) it's one of those things that you can just have on and like look over because it's, it's very like if you're ADD or whatever. It's an ob doc, right? It's not scripted drama. It's like someone got sick, they're in hospital, here's nurses. Well done. Yeah. And so it's, it's good background television. Um, not that it's a bad show, but if you just need noise on in the background, it's good. And then, um, I watched the first four episodes of Australia now and then. Um, some of them were good. Some of them were just kind of, eh, um, whatever. Um, it'll be, I think it'll be fun for people, you know, who like to do the whole, Hey boomer, Hey, you know, young person stuff. Um, but it was interesting. Is it it like a 20 to one, um, you know, Australia historic event thing? No, it's, it's like they just, they just got one person from every generation and were basically, my generation was the better generation and I had the best childhood or I had the best whatever. And and it's just basically pitting 
all of the generations against each other. And they've got a whole bunch of comedians and stuff. So some of them, it's like, you know, they're just trying to be funny or whatever. So it's talking about your generation hosted by Shane Jacobson. Yeah. yeah. It's, but I, I, gave the com- I gave the comparison about 20 to 1 just because they go to a boomer and then they go to a clip. And then they then they go to another celebrity from another generation. Then it goes to a clip. That was the twenty to one vibe I was getting. It doesn't actually count down in there. But it's but, basically like yeah, the old it, people, like you know, we are the, the we were the tougher generation because you know we all got hurt. And the young kids are like, well, why would you not want to be wrapped in bubble, you know, in bubble wrap? And why do you think that getting hurt is a badge of honor? Um, so basically, <laughs> Gen X is the best generation. Um, oh yeah, for sure. And then you know, because we are the Star Wars Gen, uh, nice shirt. Um, and then, um, yeah, the, the kids came off as kind of whiny. I'm going to be really old and say the kids came off <laughs> wow. as whiny. Uh, okay, good. Although it was interesting, the super young ones actually agreed. Like, you know, I keep telling Matt that the 90s have come back. Like, you know how everything cycles. But mm. the young kids are actually very in line with the boomers. And then it's all the ones in between that don't like each other. Mog, what have you been watching? I've been actually been able to dive into a few things while I've been on the farm. I watched um, the Grand Tour special Lockdown. That's L O C H down, uh, where the boys Ooh. drove through Scotland in big American muscle cars. And look, it was fun. It, it, what's on the packet is what it is. It was pretty good. That's on Amazon. Uh, loving the good fight. Absolutely sick. Cannot get enough of that. Of course, Ted Lasso on Apple TV. Sorry, Good Fight is on SBS. Apple TV Plus, Ted Lasso. My most favourite TV show of all time now. This is just delightful. Um, I just need you guys to catch up. Like, I've been able to see up to episode nine, and I think it's only episode two now, and I'm like, oh, God, I can't talk about that yet. I can't talk about that yet. Ted Lasso is phenomenal TV. Um, uh, well, managed- if Apple want me on board, they're going to have to send me a screener because I'm just not convinced. Okay. There's a whole season there for you, mate. Knock yourself out. If you don't like that first season, you won't like the second. Um, I started watching Hacks on Stan, which is a HBO Max thing starring Gene Smart uh, as, a, a you know, I guess, uh, Roseanne Barr, Joan Rivers-style comedian um, who her manager convinces to pick up this, like, Gen Z millennial um, to write for her. And people have raved about this series. Like, I'm up to episode eight, and I don't get it yet. Like, it's fine. There's some interesting things, but I wouldn't have said it. it's going to light any fires. Malk is, you know, in bad news there. I did preview <laughs> the new Disney Plus series, Marvel's What If, which is an animated series coming out uh, this Wednesday. That is a whole bunch of multiverse-style stories. What if somebody did something that they weren't supposed to do? So, for example, what if Peggy Carter didn't leave the room just before Steve um, Rogers becomes, gets in the thing and uh, gets turned into Captain America. What if she didn't leave the room? And let me tell you, brilliant. It is so well done. The stories are great. The animation is phenomenal. Mm. This is, and it's canon. So you have to watch this because it all builds up into what is coming. It's really great to watch this. Um, So it's Marvel's What If. I also watched... um, Reservation Dogs, which is Taika Waititi's new series that's landing on Binge on Tuesday, uh, set on a, a an American a reservation, um, yeah, Native American reservation in Oklahoma. It's it's mate, so funny, real sharp, a bit black and dark at times. But the the young actors that they've got as the four res dogs, the four young uh, Native Americans, really great. I loved it. So can't wait to see the rest of that. Res Dogs that's on Binge starting Tuesday. 
Mm. Well, I watched Tenet on Netflix and I have got to say, I loved it. Yes. My God, this film spoke to me in a way a film hasn't spoken to me in so long. I literally put down the phone. I wasn't distracted on social media. I wasn't playing games. I actually got so engrossed in it. I just was blown away by the storyline, the character development, the thought that had been put into it. I cannot rave about this movie enough. It's my new happy place. But did you understand uh, it, Rob? Yes. I, I I understand it was complex, but I thought the concept was actually pretty simple to understand. Oh, is that the one that everyone had talked about that they had to watch it like multiple times yeah. and still didn't get it? Yeah. Hmm. See, I love time travel stuff, and while this is a, a skew on time travel, um, I I found it pretty easy to follow, and I just right. loved it. Loved it. Yeah, awesome. But, um, but we, but the family are really into The Simpsons at the moment, and it's funny. My fourteen-year-old daughter said, "Dad, can we watch the early episodes? The new ones are crap." <laughs> and I said, "You are truly a Simpsons fan because that's pretty much what the world thinks." But I have I've seen the early ones so many times. I want to watch the new ones. Disney Plus, so, what a gift! All thirty-three seasons so far. Yeah, all on Disney Plus. It's um, uh, we haven't watched every episode, obviously, but uh, it's interesting. We're we're scanning around. Uh, I'm still loving Eight Out of Ten Cats on Amazon Prime Video, uh, and Eight Out of Ten Cats does Countdown on SBS On Demand, and we're also almost through The Handmaid's Tale, which I just think has been a brilliant series. Yeah. Um, one little thing: the SBS On Demand app. Uh, uh, website is just crap. It never remembers where you're up to. You know, like if you leave a program halfway through and come back to it, which I am known to do. You watch it in five minute blocks. <laughs> no, not Handmaid's Tale. I, uh, you have to watch a whole just, episode of that. Yeah, but you know, like sometimes things stop, get in the sure. way, like yeah. kids pick ups and stuff like that. <clears throat> and you go back to it and you're having to, it, it, it's got the wrong episode loaded up. It hasn't got where you're up to. Oh, mate. And the worst part is because it doesn't remember where you're up to. When you then go, right, I knew I was about like, you know, mm-hmm. the 23rd minute, it then plays every ad break you've tried yep. to skip. Oh, it's yeah. the worst. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great service with great oh. content. It looks amazing, but the, the, the little details like that, leaves a lot to be desired yeah, and shocking. it's just really woeful and Malk, i took your suggestion of watching masters of the universe this was brilliant i uh i i just loved it yeah, i loved the so character good, development right? i loved how it started off like a normal episode and look i wasn't fanatical about he-man and masters of the universe i just i was a cat kid watching yeah. it you know like it, it, it but it was familiar, and I went, oh, where's the progression here? And straight away, it was like all those episodes that had come before led to this moment where there was finally a new element to it. Yes. And we saw such character development, mm. and even the comedic characters had their moment of reflection and truth, and the um, – I Aaron, I know you had issues last week with the storyline of um, – Because it was called Teela and the Masters of the Universe. <laughs> That's what it was about. But I didn't mind that because it was her journey oh. to find Adam and yep. the um, and what happened at Wrong the end. Selling. I just thought this was absolutely brilliant. Can't I cannot wait. wait for the next five. Mm. I, I seriously think this was so um, – so respectful to the original series, but really progressed it in a way that for kids that have grown up now and wanted to watch it, I binged this thing like there was no tomorrow. I yep. thought it was absolutely brilliant. Aaron, what have you been watching? 
Okay, so the Chase Australia now has got obviously Larry Emder. I must say, so much easier to watch. I was never into the over-the-top Andrew O'Keefe uh, style. I think it's great now. Last week, we were talking about Celebrity IOU, um, and I watched that first episode with Gwyneth Paltrow that's airing on Nine, and you know what? I could watch this show without the celebs. And in fact, they actually do do the show without celebs. But um, I, I guess the celebs make, makes it even more exciting. The twins and um, that host the show are so good. Um, it's a spin-off from the their show. At the, yeah, yeah. So the reveals at the end are just so good. They can make these tiny spaces. It's just unbelievable. Just look completely versatile and roomy. I, I love. I actually love the show. So I'll be watching that each week. So where's that coming to, Aaron? Uh, Channel 9, after the cool. block on Monday night. So Gwyneth Paltrow ones tonight, depending on when, when you're listening to this. But a um, couple of quick ones. Cruel Summer, great show on Amazon. Go and have a look at the trailer. I've watched all 10 episodes. It is fantastic. Uh, Mr. Corman, a, a, a quirky offbeat show from, with uh, Third Rock from the Sun's Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Quite good. That one's on Apple TV. Um, a new ABC show, The Newsreader. Be interested to know from people like Rob whether... That is any kind of depiction of, of a newsroom yeah, from in that yesteryear. One. It's really good. But either way, if it's fake or it's not fake, that it's, it's a great show. That's coming up this Sunday on the ABC. And last one, I promised you the show of the week that may divide us. I think I can sell this one to Sarah, but this is a definite no-go for Malk. <laughs> and before I, um, I get everyone asking, where can you watch this? Well, you have to be a little bit inventive on this one. It's only available on HBO in Amer- HBO Max in America. So it's, I do have I think that. it's coming soon. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, I um, created. And uh, li- listen, I got it from a man with a dog. Anyway, it's uh, it's called Fuckboy Island. Oh, I've seen the stuff about that. Yeah. They have abbreviated the show now to F-Boy Island. Yes. So here it is. It's the same kind of show as Love Island, but here's the twist. So three girls vying for the attention of 24 sexy eligible singles, blah, blah, blah. But 12 of them are genuine nice guys looking for love, and the other 12 are self-confessed fuckboys. But the girls don't know who is who, who is playing them just to get famous and get the prize money at the, at the end, and who is looking for genuine love. I can promise two things. One, it is the biggest load of trash you will ever see on television. And two, it is completely and utterly addictive. So, ladies and gentlemen, fuck boy. <laughs> yeah, it was, wow. it was trending on Twitter the other day. Speaking of trash, I forgot that I watched Paris Hilton can cook. Oh, no. Oh, God. And it was actually ah. funny. And she had Kim Kardashian. It's on Netflix, is it right? Who, on Netflix. And I've never watched anything with Kim Kardashian. And I actually went, oh, God, she's actually pretty cool. And Paris completely took the piss out of herself. It was funny. I didn't get through the whole episode, admittedly. But I didn't mind it. It was fun. All right, that brings us to the end of TV Black Box. Thank you for being with us for another week. Don't forget to go to tvblackbox.com.au for all the latest breaking news in the TV industry and sign up to the newsletter at tvblackbox.com.au slash newsletter. We'll be back again next week. And in the meantime, don't forget to leave a five-star review on iTunes because it helps us beat off the haters. Not that I'm going to beat them up. You know what I mean. Wow. Um, <laughs> There's a whole new HBO Max series right there, friends. Jesus. (laughs) Maybe that's how we'll get them on site. Uh, In the meantime, that is Aaron, Sarah and Malk. We'll see you next week. (laughs) Bye-bye. After Fuckboy Island. Rob beats off the haters. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 